Section 37 of The Natural History, Volume 4. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read for you by Chiquito Crasto. The Natural History, Volume 4, by Pliny the Elder. Translated by John Bostick and Henry Thomas Riley. Section 37. Chapter 56. Nep has also some affinity in its effects with penroil. Boiled down in water to one-third, these plants dispel sudden chills. They promote the menstrual discharge also in females, and allay excessive heats in summer. Nep possesses certain virtues against the stings of serpents. At the very smoke and smell of it, they will instantly take to flight, and persons who have to sleep in places where they are apprehensive of them, will do well to place it beneath them. Bruised, it is employed topically for lacrimal fistulas of the eye. Fresh gathered and mixed in vinegar, with one-third part of bread, it is applied as a liniment for headache. The juice of it, injected into the nostrils, with the head thrown back, arrests bleeding at the nose, and the root has a similar effect. This last is employed also with myrtle seed in warm raisin wine as a gargle for the cure of quincy. Chapter 57 Cumin 48 Remedies Wild Cumin 26 Remedies Wild Cumin is a remarkably slender plant, consisting of four or five leaves indented like a saw. Like the cultivated kind, it is much employed in medicine among the stomachic remedies more particularly. Bruised and taken with bread, or else drunk in wine and water, it dispels phlegm and flatulency, as well as gripings of the bowels and pains in the intestines. Both varieties have the effect, however, of producing paleness in those who drink these mixtures. At all events, it is generally stated that the disciples of Porcius Latro so celebrated among the professors of eloquence, used to employ this drink for the purpose of imitating the paleness which had been contracted by their master through the intensity of his studies, and that Julius Vindex, in more recent times, that asserter of our liberties against Nero, adopted this method of playing upon those who were looking out for a place in his will. Applied in the form of lozenges, or fresh with vinegar. Cumin has the effect of arresting bleeding at the nose, and used by itself, it is good for defluxions of the eyes. Combined with honey, it is used also for swellings of the eyes. With children of tender age, it is sufficient to apply it to the abdomen. In cases of jaundice, it is administered in white wine immediately after taking the bath. The Cumin of Ethiopia more particularly is given in vinegar and water, or else as an electuary with honey. It is thought, too, that the cumin of Africa has the peculiar property of arresting incontinence of urine. The cultivated plant is given, parched and beaten up in vinegar, for affections of the liver, as also for vertigo. Beaten up in sweet wine, it is taken in cases also where the urine is too acrid, and for affections of the uterus, it is administered in wine, the leaves of it being employed topically as well. 
in layers of wool parched and beaten up with honey it is used as an application for swellings of the testes or else with rose oil and wax for all the purposes above mentioned wild cumin is more efficacious than cultivated as also in combination with oil for the stings of serpents scorpions and scolopendri a pinch of it with three fingers taken in wine has the effect of arresting vomiting and nausea it is used too both as a drink and a liniment for the colic or else it is applied hot in dorsals of lint to the part affected bandages being employed to keep it in its place taken in wine it dispels hysterical affections the proportions being three drachmae of cumin to three chiathi of wine it is used as an injection too for the ears when affected with tingling and singing being mixed for the purpose with veal suet or honey for contusions it is applied as a liniment with honey raisins and vinegar and for dark freckles on the skin with vinegar chapter fifty eight ami ten remedies there is another plant which bears a very strong resemblance to cumin known to the greeks as ami some persons are of opinion that it is the same as the ethiopian cumin hippocrates gives it the epithet of royal no doubt because he looks upon it as possessed of great virtues than egyptian cumin many persons however consider it to be of a totally different nature from cumin as it is so very much thinner and of a much whiter colour still it is employed for just the same purposes as cumin for we find it used at alexandria for putting under leaves of bread and forming an ingredient in various sauces it has the effect of dispelling flatulency and gripings of the bowels and of promoting the secretion of the urine and the menstrual discharge it is employed also for the cure of bruises and to assuage defluxions of the eyes taken in wine with linseed in doses of two drachmae it is a cure for the stings of scorpions and used with an equal proportion of myrrh it is particularly good for the bite of the serastes like cumin too it imparts paleness of complexion to those who drink of it used as a fumigation with raisins or with resin it acts as a purgative upon the uterus it is said too that if a woman smell at this plant during the sexual congress the chances of conception will be greatly promoted thereby chapter fifty nine the caparis or caper eighteen remedies we have already spoken of the caper at sufficient length when treating of the exotic plants the caper which comes from beyond sea should never be used that of italy is not so dangerous it is said that persons who eat this plant daily are never attacked by paralysis or pains in the spleen the root of it pounded removes white eruptions of the skin if rubbed with it in the sun the bark of the root taken in wine in doses of three drachmae is good for affections of the spleen the patient however must forego the use of the bath it is said too that in the course of thirty-five days the whole of the spleen may be discharged under this treatment by urine and by stool the caper is also taken in drink for lumbago and paralysis and the seed of it boiled and beaten up in vinegar or the root chewed has a soothing effect in toothache 
a decoction of it in oil is employed also as an injection for earache the leaves and the root fresh out of the ground mixed with honey are a cure for ulcers known as phagedaini in the same way too the root disperses scrofulous swellings and a decoction of it in water removes imposthumes of the parotid glands and worms beaten up and mixed with barley meal it is applied topically for pains in the liver it is a cure also for diseases of the bladder in combination with oxymel it is prescribed for tapeworm and a decoction of it in vinegar removes ulcerations of the mouth it is generally agreed among writers that the caper is prejudicial to the stomach chapter sixty ligusticum or lovage four remedies ligusticum by some persons known as panax is good for the stomach and is curative of convulsions and flatulency there are persons who give this plant the name of cunila bubula but as we have already stated they are in error in so doing chapter sixty one cunila bubula five remedies in addition to garden cunilla there are numerous other varieties of it employed in medicine that known to us as cunilla bubula has a very similar seed to that of pennyroyal this seed chewed and applied topically is good for wounds the plaster however must not be taken off till the fifth day for the stings of serpents this plant is taken in wine and the leaves of it are bruised and applied to the wound which is also rubbed with them as a friction the tortoise when about to engage in combat with the serpent employs this plant as a preservative against the effect of its sting some persons for this reason have given it the name of panacea it has the effect also of dispersing tumours and maladies of the male organs the leaves being dried for the purpose or else beaten up fresh and applied to the part affected for every purpose for which it is employed it combines remarkably well with wine chapter sixty two cunilla gallinacea or origanum five remedies there is another variety again known to our people as cunilla gallinacea and to the greeks as heracleotic origanum beaten up with salt this plant is good for the eyes and it is a remedy for cough and affections of the liver mixed with meal and taken as a broth with oil and vinegar it is good for pains in the side and the stings of serpents in particular chapter sixty three cunilago eight remedies there is a third specimen also known to the greeks as male cunilla and to us as cunilago this plant has a fetid smell a ligneous root and a rough leaf of all the varieties of cunilla this one it is said is possessed of the most active properties if a handful of it is thrown anywhere all the beetles in the house they say will be attracted to it and taken in vinegar and water it is good for the stings of scorpions more particularly it is stated also that if a person is rubbed with three leaves of it steeped in oil it will have the effect of keeping all serpents at a distance chapter sixty four soft cunilla three remedies lebanotis three remedies the variety on the other hand known as soft cunilla has a more velvety leaf and branches covered with thorns when rubbed it has just the smell of honey and it adheres to the fingers when touched 
there is another kind again known to us as libenotis a name which it owes to the resemblance of its smell to that of frankincense both of these plants taken in wine or vinegar are antidotes for the stings of serpents beaten up in water also and sprinkled about a place they kill fleas chapter sixty five cultivated cunilla three remedies mountain cunilla seven remedies cultivated cunilla has also its medicinal uses the juice of it in combination with rose oil is good for the ears and the plant itself is taken in drink to counteract the effects of violent blows a variety of this plant is the mountain cunilla similar to wild thyme in appearance and particularly efficacious for the stings of serpents this plant is diuretic and promotes the lochial discharge it aids the digestion too in a marvellous degree both varieties have a tendency to sharpen the appetite even when persons are troubled with indigestion if taken fasting in drink they are good too for sprains and taken with barley meal and vinegar and water they are extremely useful for stings inflicted by wasps and insects of a similar nature we shall have occasion to speak of other varieties of libonotus in their appropriate places chapter sixty six piperitis or siliquostrum five remedies piperitis which we have already mentioned as being called siliquostrum is taken in drink for epilepsy castor used to give a description of it to the following effect the stalk of it is long and red with the knots lying close together the leaves are similar to those of the laurel and the seed is white and slender like pepper in taste he described it also as being beneficial to the gums and teeth imparting sweetness to the breath and dispelling flatulency chapter sixty seven origanum onitis or praesion six remedies origanum which as we have already stated rivals cunilla in flavour includes many varieties employed in medicine onitis or praesion is the name given to one of these which is not unlike hyssop in appearance it is employed more particularly with warm water for gnawing pains at the stomach and for indigestion taken in white wine it is good for the stings of spiders and scorpions and applied with vinegar and oil in wool it is a cure for sprains and bruises chapter sixty eight trigoriganum nine remedies trigoriganum bears a strong resemblance to wild thyme it is diuretic disperses tumours and taken in drink is extremely efficacious in cases of poisoning by mistletoe and stings by serpents it is very good for acid eructations from the stomach and for the thoracic organs it is given also for a cough with honey as well as for pleurisy and peripneumony chapter sixty nine three varieties of heracleotic origanum thirty remedies heraclium again comprehends three varieties the first which is the darkest has broader leaves than the others and is of a glutinous nature the second which is leaves of a more slender form and not unlike sampsucum in appearance is by some persons called praesion in preference the third is of an intermediate nature between the other two but is less efficacious for medicinal purposes than either but the best kind of all is that of crete for it has a particularly agreeable smell 
the next best being that from Smyrna, which has even a more powerful odour than the last. The Heracleotic Origanum, however, known by the name of Onitis, is the one that is the most esteemed for taking in drink. Origanum in general is employed for repelling serpents, and it is given boiled to persons suffering from wounds. Taken in drink, it is a diuretic, and mixed with the root of panax, it is given for the cure of ruptures and convulsions. In combination with figs or hyssop, it is prescribed for dropsical patients in doses of one acetabulum being reduced by boiling to one-sixth. It is good also for the itch, prurigo, and leprosy, taken just before the bath. The juice of it is injected into the ears with milk. It being a cure also for affections of the tonsils and the uvula, and for ulcers of the head. A decoction of it taken with the ashes in wine neutralizes poison by opium or gypsum. Taken in doses of one acetabulum, it relaxes the bowels. It is applied as a liniment for bruises and for toothache, and mixed with honey and nitre, it imparts whiteness to the teeth. It has the effect also of stopping bleeding at the nose. A decoction of this plant with barley meal is employed for imposthumes of the parotid glands, and beaten up with nut galls and honey, it is used for roughness of the trachea. The leaves of it, with honey and salt, are good too, for the spleen. Boiled with vinegar and salt, and taken in small doses, it attenuates the phlegm, when very thick and black, and beaten up with oil, it is injected into the nostrils for jaundice. When persons are affected with lassitude, the body is well rubbed with it, care being taken not to touch the abdomen. Used with pitch, it is a cure for epineatus, and applied with a roasted fig, it brings boils to a head. Employed with oil and vinegar and barley meal, it is good for scrofulous swellings, and applied topically in a fig, it is a cure for pains in the sides. Beaten up and applied with vinegar, it is employed as a liniment for bloody fluxes of the generative organs, and it accelerates the lochial discharge after childbirth. Chapter 70. Detander. Three Remedies. Detander is generally considered to rank among the caustic plants. It is owing to this property that it clears the skin of the face, not, however, without excoriating it. Though at the same time, the excoriations are easily healed by employing wax and rose oil. It is owing to this property, too, that it always removes without difficulty leprous sores and itch scabs, as well as the scars left by ulcers. It is said that in the case of toothache, if this plant is attached to the arm or the suffering side, it will have the effect of drawing the pain to it. Chapter 71. Gith or Melanthion. 23 Remedies. Gith is by some Greek writers called Melanthion, and by others called Melaspermin. That is looked upon as the best which has the most pungent odour and is the darkest in appearance. It is employed as a remedy for wounds made by serpents and scorpions. I find that, for this purpose, it is applied topically with vinegar and honey, and that by burning it, serpents are kept at a distance. It is taken also in doses of one drachma for the bites of spiders. Beaten up and smelt at in a piece of linen cloth, it is a cure for running at the nostrils, and applied as a liniment with vinegar and injected into the nostrils, it dispels headache. 
with oil of iris it is good for defluxions and tumours of the eyes and a decoction of it with vinegar is a cure for toothache beaten up and applied topically or else chewed it is used for ulcers of the mouth and combined with vinegar it is good for leprous sores and freckles on the skin taken in drink with the addition of nitre it is good for hardness of breathing and employed as a liniment for indurations tumours of long-standing and suppurations taken several days in succession it augments the milk in women who are nursing the juice of this plant is collected in the same manner as that of henbane and like it if taken in too large doses it acts as a poison a surprising fact seeing that the seed is held in esteem as a most agreeable seasoning for bread the seed cleanses the eyes also acts as a diuretic and promotes the menstrual discharge and not only this but i find it stated also that if thirty grains only are attached to the body in a linen cloth it will have the effect of accelerating the afterbirth it is stated also that beaten up in urine it is a cure for corns on the feet and that when burnt it kills gnats and flies with the smell chapter seventy two anise sixty one remedies anise too one of the comparatively small number of plants that have been commended by pythagoras is taken in wine either raw or boiled for the stings of scorpions both green and dried it is held in high repute as an ingredient in all seasonings and sauces and we find it placed beneath the undercrust of bread put with bitter almonds into the cloth strainers for filtering wine it imparts an agreeable flavour to the wine it has the effect also of sweetening the breath and removing all bad odours from the mouth if chewed in the morning with smyrnion and a little honey the mouth being then rinsed with wine this plant imparts a youthful look to the features and if suspended to the pillow so as to be smelt by a person when asleep it will prevent all disagreeable dreams it has the effect of promoting the appetite also for this too has been made by luxury one of the objects of art ever since labour has ceased to stimulate it it is for these various reasons that it has received the name of anacetum given to it by some chapter seventy three where the best anise is found various remedies derived from this plant the most esteemed anise is that of crete and next to it that of egypt this plant is employed in seasonings to supply the place of lavage and the perfume of it when burnt and inhaled alleviates headache evanor prescribes an application of the root pounded for defluxions of the eyes and aeolus employs it in a similar manner in combination with saffron and wine or else beaten up by itself and mixed with polenta for violent defluxions and the extraction of such objects as have got into the eyes applied to as a liniment in water it arrests cancer of the nose mixed with hyssop and oxymel and employed as a gargle it is a cure for quinsy and in combination with rose oil it is used as an injection for the ears parched anise purges off phlegm from the chest and if taken with honey it is better still for a cough beat up fifty bitter almonds shelled in honey with one acetabulum of anise another very easy remedy too is to mix three drachmae of anise 
with two of poppies and some honey, a piece the size of a bean being taken three times a day. Its main excellence, however, is as a carminative. Hence, it is that it is so good for flatulency of the stomach, griping pains of the intestines, and celiac affections. A decoction of it, smelt at and drunk, arrests hiccup, and a decoction of the leaves removes indigestion. A decoction of it with parsley, if applied to the nostrils, will arrest sneezing. Taken in drink, anise promotes sleep, disperses calculi of the bladder, arrests vomiting and swelling of the viscera, and acts as an excellent pectoral for affections of the chest and of the diaphragm where the body is tightly laced. It is beneficial also to pour a decoction of it in oil upon the head for headache. It is generally thought that there is nothing in existence more beneficial to the abdomen and intestines than anise, for which reason it is given parched for dysentery and tenismus. Some persons add opium to these ingredients and prescribe three pills a day, the size of a bean, with one sciathus of wine. Diuches has employed the juice of this plant for lumbago, and prescribes the seed of it, pounded with mint, for dropsy and celiac affections. Evanor recommends the root, also, for affections of the kidneys. Dalion, the herbalist, employed it with parsley, as a cataplasm for women in labor, as also for pains of the uterus. And for women in labor, he prescribes a decoction of anise and dill to be taken in drink. It is used as a liniment also in cases of phrenitis, or else applied fresh gathered and mixed with polenta, in which form it is used also for infants attacked with epilepsy or convulsions. Pythagoras, indeed, assures us that persons, so long as they hold this plant in the hand, will never be attacked with epilepsy, for which reason as much of it as possible should be planted near the house. He says, too, that women who inhale the odour of it have a more easy delivery, it being his advice also, that immediately after they are delivered it should be given them to drink with a sprinkling of polenta. Sosimenes employed this plant in combination with vinegar for all kinds of indurations, and for lassitude he prescribes a decoction of it in oil with the addition of nitre. The same writer pledges his word to all wayfarers, that if they take aniseed in their drink, they will be comparatively exempt from fatigue on their journey. Heraclides prescribes a pinch of aniseed with three fingers, for inflations of the stomach, to be taken with two oboli of castorium in honeyed wine, and he recommends a similar preparation for inflations of the abdomen and intestines. In cases of orthopnea, he recommends a pinch of aniseed with three fingers, and the same quantity of henbane to be mixed in ass's milk. It is the advice of many to those who are liable to vomit to take at dinner one acetabulum of aniseed and ten laurel leaves, the whole to be beaten up and drunk in water. Anise chewed and applied warm, or else taken with castorium in oxymel, allays suffocations of the uterus. It also dispels vertigo after childbirth taken with a pinch of cucumber seed in three fingers and the same quantity of linseed in three chayathi of white wine. Tlepolemus has employed a pinch of aniseed and fennel in three fingers mixed with vinegar and one chayathus of honey 
for the cure of quartan fever. Applied topically with bitter almonds, aniseed is beneficial for maladies of the joints. There are some persons who look upon it as by nature an antidote to the venoms of the asp. It is a diuretic, assuages thirst, and acts as an aphrodisiac. Taken in wine, it promotes a gentle perspiration, and it has the property of protecting cloth from the ravages of moths. The more recently it has been gathered, and the darker its color, the greater are its virtues. Still, however, it is injurious to the stomach, except when suffering from flatulency. End of section 37 Read for you by Chiquito Crasto, Birmingham, Alabama.